let me tell you something. Somebody say, I'll go with you. Who, where am I looking at? What camera am I on right now? Somebody follow me on that camera because I'm about to show you that Pastor Angel didn't come to play today. I, I didn't come to play today. I came to serve notice on the devil. It's on. It's on. Now, anybody watch Braveheart? I'm not going to throw this out there and see where it lands. No, all right. <laughs> I don't think our insurance company covers that, so I got to. I love this sword. It reminds me I'm in battle. It's in my office. It reminds me that I'm in a war. I'm in a war. But the good news is we win every time through Jesus. Amen? And we're going to continue our series today on standing in the gap. And you're going to see how this theme of warfare applies to the message today. Amen? I was going to say, say hello to my little friend, but that's not a little friend there. That's a big friend. So we began last Sunday the theme of standing in the gap in the new message series. And the foundational text for this series is Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. In Ezekiel 22, verse 30, and it's going to come out on the screen there, even on live stream. Ezekiel 22:30 says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. God was seeking for someone to stand in the gap before him on behalf of the land. And we noted last week that without someone standing in the gap, there will be fury. Because it tells us in verse 31, Therefore I have poured my wrath, my fury. And we noted last week as well, Revelation 12 tells us that the, the devil knows that he has a short time and he's being cast to the earth and that he's angry. He's full of wrath. And he wants to make people pay. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy because he's full of fury. So without someone standing in the gap, there will be fury. With someone standing in the gap, there will be favor. And that's why God was searching for someone among his people that would stand in the gap. It shows us the heart of God. God's heart is not to pour out fury. His heart is to extend His favor, to extend His mercy, to extend His grace, to extend His kindness toward us, to reveal the awesomeness of His love to us. But there has to be someone that is willing to stand in the gap. Last week we noted that the Hebrew word for stand, say stand, it's amad, and it speaks of being postured into a withstanding, a resistant pose, determined to endure and hold one's ground, no matter what forces attempt to enter the land. It's a mindset that says, if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're going to get. 
You're not just going to waltz in here, devil. I know you see a gap. I know you see an entryway. But I'm going to stand in that gap. And I'm going to get in a posture, a position of withstanding. So that you know, you're not just going to waltz in here. And you're not going to go through that entry point. I'm going to fill it in. And I'm going to fight you. Because I'm not going to let you take from me what God has given to me. In his book, Fuzzy Memories, Jack Handy writes, There used to be this bully who would demand my lunch money every day. Since I was smaller, I would give it to him. Then I decided to fight back. I started taking karate lessons. But then the karate lesson guy said I had to start paying him $5 a lesson. So I just went back to paying the bully. (laughs) Too many people feel it is easier just to pay the bully than it is to learn how to defeat him. CWC Life, Family, and Friends, I've come today to challenge and encourage you to stop paying the bully of uncontrolled emotions. Stop paying the bully of give up itis. Stop paying the bully of fear of failure. Stop paying the bully of fear, worry, and anxiety. Because God is saying to you, if you will get in a posture of withstanding, you're not going to stand alone. I'm going to stand with you. And I'm going to prove to you, the battle is not yours. It is mine. Make up your mind to pay the price for victory. What's the cost? Taking a stand. Stationing yourself through resolve. Because there's something that I've learned as a leader and as a follower of Jesus Christ. Those who exercise resolve won't dissolve in the midst of the battle. Those who exercise resolve won't dissolve in the midst of the battle. They will win. (laughs) I want to remind you today, the Christian life isn't a playground. It is a battleground. The Christian life is not a playground. It is a battleground. So what do you mean, Pastor? When you speak of standing in the gap, standing in the gap is standing your ground. Standing in the gap is standing your ground. Did you know that in the United States, mountain lions are the number one predator of human beings? So says author and naturalist, Craig Childs. On one occasion, he was doing research on the lions in Arizona's Blue Range Wilderness. As he approached a waterhole from downwind, he spotted a mountain lion drinking water. But the lion did not know he was there. When it finished drinking, it walked slowly away 
into a cluster of junipers. After a few minutes, childs walked to the water hole to identify tracks in the mud and jot down some notes. Just before he bent down to look closer, he scanned the perimeter. And there, among the shadows of the junipers, 30 feet away, he saw a pair of eyes. He expected the lion to run away, but it walked toward him into the sunlight toward him. What did Childs do? Childs pulled out his knife and he stared into the eyes of the lion. He knew what to do. More importantly, he knew what not to do. He writes, mountain lions are known to take down animals six, seven, and eight times their size. Their method, attack from behind. Clamp unto the spine at the base of the prey's skull. Snap the spine. The top few vertebrae are the target housing, respiratory, and motor skills that cease instantly when the cord is cut. Mountain lions have stalked people for miles. One woman survived an attack and escaped by foot on a road. The lion shortcut the road miles further and killed her from behind. About the incident in Arizona's Blue Ranger Wilderness, Child says, I hold firm to my ground and do not even intimate that I will back off. If I run, it is certain. I will have a mountain lion all over me. If I give it my back, I will only briefly feel its weight on me against the ground. The canine teeth will open my vertebrae without breaking a single bone. The mountain lion begins to move to my left. And I turn, keeping my face on it, my knife at my right side. It paces to my right, trying to get around on the other side to get behind me. I turn right, staring at it. My stare is about the only defense I have. The amazing thing is, Childs actually maintained that defense. As the mountain lion continued to try to provoke him to run, turning left and then turning right, back and forth again and again, until it came just ten feet away. Finally, the standoff ended. The lion turned and walked away, defeated by a man who knew what never to do in its presence. Never give it your back. Never turn your back on that predator. Let me remind you that in the Bible, we discover that God gives us His armor. Ephesians 6 talks about it. Put on the whole armor of God. But what you'll notice is that that armor covers us from head to toe. But there's one part that we are not covered in that armor. It's our back. Why? God never intended us to tuck tail and run from the devil. He's equipped 
and empowered us to stare up the devil eyeball to eyeball, knowing that we are clothed with armor that guarantees us victory over him every time. You and I were not made to run from the devil. We were made to resist him. We were made to overcome him. We were made to triumph over him. I want you to know today, I don't care if the devil is coming against you, throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink. You don't have to tremble. You can stand knowing the victory is yours through the Lord. Time out. Water break. Now look what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesians 6.13 in the NIV. Therefore put on the whole full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to what? Do what? Stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, notice, put on the full armor of God. Why? So that when the day of evil comes, you may be what? Able. Able to stand your ground. What are you saying, Pastor? You've got to put on, to put up, and make the devil shut up. You gotta put on to put up and make the devil shut up. That's what Paul is saying here. If you put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to put up and make the devil shut up. Because when you put on the whole armor of God, you're equipped and empowered to defeat the devil no matter what method of attack he uses against your life. When you put on the whole armor of God, you are dressed for success. Air high five. We'll encourage each other. They're acting all holy over here, quiet and sanctified. Ah, Let me say it again. You got to put on To put up and make the devil shut up. Mm. Now watch. You see the armor of God. We're covered from head to toe. The helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth. The shield of faith. The sword of the spirit. Our our feet shod with the preparation or or, or suited with the, the sandals of the gospel of peace. Ready uh, with the, to share the gospel of peace. and uh, It's telling us we're, we're covered from head to toe on our front side, but not our back side. There's, we are not covered to be protected by turning tail and run. No, we're only covered to face our enemy head on. We are covered from head to toe. Now, back in the late 80s, I read a book that revolutionized my prayer life. It was called, Could You Not Tarry One Hour, written by Dr. Larry Lee. And it challenged my prayer life. And basically what Larry Lee does in 
that book of could you not tarry one hour. He shows how if you pray through the Lord's Prayer, following the themes, the topics that it speaks of, you'll be able to pray an hour easily. And sure enough, when I began to pray the Lord's Prayer, following the teaching of His book, I was able to maintain a prayer life of of at least an hour a day. And to this day, I continue to practice that prayer pattern in others that I have learned in my journey. But when it came to the part of the prayer that says, deliver us from evil, what he points out is, Jesus there is talking to us about our spiritual warfare. And then he pointed out in his book on deliver us from evil when he got to that part of the importance of understanding we are in warfare and we need to be putting on the whole armor of God. And what he does is in his book he outlines how every piece of the armor of God represents a different part of the character of Jesus Christ. And basically what he's saying is that when you put on the whole armor of God, you're actually putting on Jesus And so I began to apply that in my prayer life. For instance, putting on the belt of truth. When I put on the belt of truth, I declare, Jesus is my truth. Why do I declare that? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. John 17, 17, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. And then you put on the breastplate of righteousness. Who is our righteousness? Jesus is our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that He has made Him who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus became our sin offering so that because He lived a sinless life, when He died on the cross, He died sinless. And now God credits to our account right standing with Him based on the righteousness that Jesus lived out. But then Philippians 1.11 says, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which is by Jesus Christ. So when I put on the belt of truth, I say, Jesus is my truth. And today I am ready to overcome the lies and deception of the devil. When I put on the breastplate of righteousness, I serve notice on the devil by saying, Jesus is my righteousness. Therefore, today, I am in right standing with God. I can think right thoughts, do the right thing, out of right motives, through Jesus Christ. Wait, 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 wait. You're cutting into my preaching time. Come on. Let me finish. Then, I put on the sandals, the shoes of readiness of the gospel of peace. And I declare, Jesus is my readiness. Through Him, I am ready to share good news and leave footprints of peace wherever I go. Through Him, I am ready to share good news and leave footprints of peace wherever I go. Why? Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then we take up the shield of faith with which we can put out every fiery dart of the enemy. And guess what? I tell the devil, Jesus is my faith. I say, Jesus is my faith. Why do I say it? Because Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then I put on the helmet of salvation. And I tell the devil, 
Jesus is my salvation. I said he's my salvation. Hebrews 5.9 tells us he's a captain. He's our salvation. Hebrews 2.10 and then Hebrews 5.9. He is our salvation. And then I remind myself, Psalm 147 says, Oh God, the Lord, you have covered my head. You have provided shelter. You've given me a helmet for the day of battle. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, I have the mind of Christ. And then I take up. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I say, Jesus is my living word. And through the word, I am made strong and I overcome the evil one. Because John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. Jesus is my living word. And through the word of God, according to 1 John 2.14, I overcome the evil one. Then it tells us in verse 18, praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And then I remind the devil, Jesus is my baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Because in Matthew 3.11, it says, I indeed baptize you with water. But he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I remind the devil today, according to Jude 1.20, I'm going to build up myself praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk in a language that only Jesus could give me that you can't decode. You can't figure out. But in that language, I can talk to God according to His will and I can experience Him working all things together for good because I'm praying according to the will of God. You've got to put on, to put up, And make the devil shut up. You see what I'm doing every day as I'm putting on the armor? What does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I'm building myself up. Not by looking in a mirror and telling myself how good I am. No. I'm telling myself how great He is by putting on the armor. Every piece representing who He is. A characteristic of His person. And when I do that, I am empowered to overcome. No matter how evil the day is, no matter what the scheme is the devil is using, I am equipped and empowered to overcome him every time. And then, you've got to take a stand for your land. You've got to take a stand for your land. God has given you some land. God has given you an inheritance. God has given you promises that represent your land, your territory. It belongs to you, but you've got to take a stand for your land. And in the Bible, there's a story of a certain man by the name of Shammah. And I call him, don't get offended, but I call him the original frijolero, the original beaner. Now somebody's going to say, well, that's racist. Hello, I'm Mexican and I'm saying it, okay? 
I was raised in a town where at that time we weren't the majority, my people. And I was called a beaner. But let me tell you something. I love beans. It didn't bother me. It just made me hungrier for more frijoles. Frijoles a la charra. Now y'all make me going off on food tangents. Stop it already. <laughs> but let me tell you about Shammah. It's in 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12. In the ESV it says. Look with me at it. 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12. And next to him was Shammah, the son of Adji, the Herorite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. Lentils are little beans. Got it? Lentils are little beans. And it says, and the men fled from the Philistines. But he, who? Shammah, took his what? He took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines and the Lord worked a great victory. Now, some people would think that Shammah should have been more selective in the thing he was willing to fight and die for. Some people think he was rash, even immature, in going to battle over some beans. But these people have forgotten something. Those were his beans. You see, who told the Philistines that they could take the beans that God had given to Shammah? If the Philistines wanted beans, they should have worked their own fields. Stealing God's blessings from God's people is a foolproof way to get yourself in a heap of trouble. You mess with the child of God, you're messing with God. Mm. Just ask this troop that came against Shammah. Verse 11 tells us that they gather themselves into a troop and prepare to take Israel's blessing. In some version of the Bible, it reads that the army of Israel saw that this and they ran away. But Shammah couldn't stand for this. Although he couldn't bring Israel's soldiers back to the battle, he could take the battle to the Philistines. So let me ask you a question. Why fight over beans? Are beans really worth fighting over? Can't God give us some more beans? Let me tell you, the problem is not the beans. The issue is stewardship. You see, God had given those beans to Israel. And God expected to be blessed by those beans. God expected Israel to be sustained by those beans. God expected Israel to manage those beans. Manage them when locusts attacked. Manage them through drought and disease. Manage them from the Philistines that come to steal. If Israel lost this bean field to the Philistines, they would have shown themselves to be poor stewards of God's resources. And the same thing is true for you and for me. You may feel 
that the only thing God has given you is a little bean field in Cutler, in Visalia, in Erosi, in Dinuba, in O.C., Orange Cove, not Orange County, come on, in Reedley, in Parlier, wherever. You may think, all I got is a little bean field. And you look around and you see others with more than bean fields. You see them with corn fields and orchards and cattle. And all you have is beans. Then the enemy comes and tries to rob you of your beans. That's when you have a choice. One, you can let him have your beans and hopefully he won't bother you anymore. Or two, you can try striking a deal with the enemy to share the beans. Or you can tell the devil, get your stinking hands off my beans. Them are my beans. Now, how many parents do I have here? Y'all busy, aren't you? Y'all are biblical. Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. God's given you some beans. They're called your children. And some of you have children that are like pinto beans. All they give you is gas. Others of you, you have children that are like jalapeno beans. All they do is leave you hot and bothered. And then some of you have kids that are like coffee beans. All they do is keep you awake all night. Huh? But here's the bottom line. They're your beans. Now the devil's going to come and try to get your beans. Try to get your children. God gave them to you. They don't belong to the devil. And you need to serve notice on the devil. Devil... These are my beans. These are my kids. And let me be clear. You're not going to take them away from me through drugs, alcohol, and poor choices. I'm going to stand for them. I'm not going to let you come in here. I know there's gaps. I know there's entry points. But I'm going to stand in the gap. And I've got my sword. If it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're going to get. You're not just going to waltz your way in here and take my beans and take my children. I have a sword that guarantees me victory. I have a sword with which I can cut you and make you run from me. Woo! Tell your neighbor, pastor ain't playing. Yeah, you can put that on the chat. Pastor ain't playing. I'm serious about this. You need to tell the devil, we're not striking no deal. We're not going to share my kids. We're not going to have this deal where I have them the first part of the week and you can have them the end of the week. No, they're mine. They belong to me. God's given them to me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Tell the devil to take his hands off your children. 
But it's not only about your children. It's about your health. It's about your finances. It's even about your faith. It doesn't matter how much you have or how long you've had it. Satan is out to take it from you unless you resist. But look what the scripture says in James 4, 7. James 4, 7 tells us, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The word flee means to run from in terror. To run from in terror. God never intended for us to give our back to the devil and run from him. God intended for us to stand, to get in that pose of withstanding, to resist. And the Bible says if you resist the devil, he's the one that's going to tuck tail and run from you in terror. He's going to be terrorized by the fact that you are dressed, you are equipped, you are empowered with the whole armor of God. And you're taking a stand and there's nothing he can do to defeat you because you are fully armed and you are the one who's dangerous. Child of God, I want to make it clear today. God did not give you and I a spirit of fear to timidity or cowardice but of power love and sound mind you don't have to fear the devil you don't have to fear the demons you don't have to fear your house being haunted child of god you've got the blood of jesus christ covering you it's rally time We're on the road. We're rolling on. We're rolling over the devil. We're rolling over the works of darkness. We're we're rolling over the lies of the devil. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. Woo! Yeah! I didn't come to play. I'm serious. Shammah understood a truth that we need to be aware of. You can either stand up and be counted or lie down and be counted out. Stand up and be counted or lie down and be counted out. Back in 2002, I saw a movie that impacted my life entitled Antoine Fisher. I was drawn to the storyline about a young man who enlists in the Navy and is helped by a naval psychiatrist to finally confront the demons of his past. It was a powerful movie that dealt with family, friendship, and finding inner peace. In one particularly moving scene, the main character, Antoine Fisher, played by Derek Luke, spoke the following lines. He said, It don't matter what you try to do. You couldn't destroy me. I'm still standing. I'm still strong. And I will always be. (laughs) Child of God, you can tell the devil the same thing. You've tried everything to destroy me. You had a chance to take me out. Oh, but Jesus found me. 
He redeemed me. And I'm still standing. I'm still strong. And I always will be. Because now I'm His child. And now as His child, I am more than a conqueror. Now as His child, I can overcome all your works. Now as His child, I can triumph over all that you throw against my life. And so church, let me be clear. We are not called to be giving up ground. We are called to be guarding ground and to be gaining ground. Don't give the devil not even a centimeter, not even a millimeter, not even an inch. Paul said in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Don't even give him a, 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 a piece of ground for his pinky toe. You tell him, devil, ah, no, 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 no. You have no right here. This is my property. This is my home. This is my family. God gave me this and you can't take it away because I'm standing and you cannot withstand me, but I can withstand you because I've got the clothing. I've got the weaponry. Jesus said he's given me authority to tread on you on scorpions and on demons I've got authority over all your ability you can't touch can't touch this so what are you saying pastor here it is standing in the gap is simply standing your ground standing in the gap is simply standing your ground Who will stand? Who's going to stand for your family? Who's going to stand for your financial situation? Who's going to stand for your health? Who's going to stand for your mental health? Who's going to stand for your relationships that are tired right now and you need something to intervene, someone to come through and help you? You've got to stand. You've got to be a shamma you got to say, everybody can be running off, but I'm going into the middle of the field. Did you notice that? He got in the middle of the field. He wasn't on the far edge like, all right, let me stand here and maybe let me count how many are coming to see if I want to. Once he got in the middle of the field, that was like no turning back. I'm in this. I'm in this. I'm in this to fight through. And look what happened. Did you catch the end of the verse? Verse 12. The Lord granted him great victory. He took his stand. He was outnumbered. But when it's you and God, you and God make the majority. doesn't matter. The numbers, the odds are against you. You and God make a majority, but you got to take a stand. Father, thank you that you've provided what we need to defeat the devil. You've provided what we need to win in this spiritual warfare that we're engaged in. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you've given us your whole armor, God, through which we can defeat the devil's schemes. You've given us authority through your name, Lord Jesus, through which we can destroy the works of the devil. 
And God of peace, your word says in Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace will shortly crush Satan underneath your feet. Ah, we were made to win through you. I thank you for your sons, your daughters here today. I thank you for those watching by live stream. I thank you, God, that you've equipped and you empowered each one to be more than a conqueror. Yeah. I declare over them today what your word says, but you, O Lord, are a shield around them. You're their glory. You're the lifter up of their head in Psalm 3.3. I declare what your word says in Psalm 5.12. You compass them about. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. They're surrounded with your favor as with a shield. You cover them from head to toe all around. There is no devil, no demon that can take from them what belongs to them so long as they stand on your promises, so long as they stand on your truth. I declare you supply all their need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I come right now to stand in the gap on those that have been battling anxiety, fear, and worry. I say to you, spirit of fear, you that, have, that brings torment with you, You that weighs people down. I come against you in the name of my Savior, my Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And as a servant of the Lord, I take authority over you, you spirit of fear. And I declare you must get your clutches off the minds of the children of God that you have been oppressing. In the name of Jesus, loose them and let them go. Loose them and let them go in the name of Jesus. I say fear be driven out through the perfect love of God. Right now, Romans 5, 5, I declare that the love of God right now is being poured out on the hearts of God's children afresh. I declare according to Romans 5, 5, the love of God is being poured out by the Holy Spirit. And that love is driving out the spirit of fear right now. The spirit of timidity right now. You're losing, you're losing ground right now. You're losing ground in the mind and hearts of God's children right now. For God's perfect love drives out all fear in Jesus' name. I declare it. I declare it. It is so. Thank you, Abba. Receive it right here. Receive it on live stream. Receive it in this building right now. God is pouring out His perfect love on you. Receive it right now. It's yours through the Holy Spirit. And greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Child of God, it's your inheritance. It's your inheritance. Stand on it. Stand on it. Stand on it. In Jesus' name. It's your inheritance. It's your right. It's your privilege. It's yours through legal authority. Receive it in Jesus' name. Thank 
God. Now let me say, let me say, though on live stream, this morning when I was in prayer, God revealed to me here in this building as I was in early morning prayer, young man, you are watching right now and you have been on a holding pattern. You've been on a holding pattern. Like an airplane, no, not like an airplane that's in holding pattern because they got to wait. You've actually been held back. And not holding pattern in the sense that God's been holding you. No, I'm talking about God wants you to, you've been held back. There's been a spirit of fear. That like a plane that is held back at the hangar. Locked in and unable to be moved until that which has it locked down is unlocked and released. But what's had you locked down and unable to soar has been a fear. Fear of failure. But young man, I want you to know right now, God knew you would be watching. And he's saying to you, I've come to unlock from your life that fear of failure that has been holding you back. Today is your day to begin to fly. Today is your day to begin to soar. You don't have to be afraid of failing because I am your safety net, says the Lord. You don't have to be afraid of failing because underneath are my everlasting arms and I will hold you up. I will sustain you. The devil's days of lying to you and keeping you held back through the fear of failure are breaking today. It is being broken today. You are being free today from the fear of failure. And I say to you today, not only will you begin to fly in faith, but you will begin to soar in victory. And you are going to be a, a, a pattern for others to be able to know that in a moment, Jesus Christ is the one who is set free. And if it's the one who is able to set free. And if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. So right now, be free in Jesus' name. It is yours. It is yours. It is yours. It is yours. Freedom is yours today. Freedom is yours. I know it. It's yours right now. It's yours right now. Mm. I told you I didn't come to play. I was on assignment today. Isn't God good? Now I want you to stand, those of you that are in this house right now, and those of you watching by live stream, get up on your feet. We're going to make a declaration. We're going to declare through this song. We will not be shaken. The devil's been trying to throw everything at this nation. The devil's been trying to intimidate us. The devil's been trying to get us to be silent. The devil's been trying to get us to power. The devil's been trying to keep us in a corner. But we coming out to serve notice. We will not be shaken. We trust in our God. We will overcome through Him. Let's declare it in song today.